The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Okay, uh, good evening. Let's call the March, or sorry, the April 19th, 2022 Historic District Commission meeting to order. All right, could we have a roll call vote for commissioners, please? Or not, a, just a roll call for commissioners? Dana? Present. Andrew? Present. Jeremy? Present. Eric? Present. Dan? Present. John? Here. Thank you. Um, Lewis, is there any uh, amendments to the agenda as it's written? Yeah, uh, Jamie McCarthy could not make it this evening to give the community sustainability plan kind of update or presentation, so that's going to be taken off of the agenda uh, this evening. And then I don't know if this necessarily needs to be put on, but I'm going to make a, a short um, housekeeping speech, I guess, to the participants and applicants just so they know what they need to do uh, for coming up to the podium and what that routine will look like since we're in a new space this evening. All right. Thank you. Is there a motion to approve the agenda as amended? Uh, so moved. Thank you, Andrew. Is there a second? Seconded. All right. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the agenda is approved. Uh, so we removed uh, Ms. McCarthy from the agenda. Are there any other guests that need to be introduced that are not applicants tonight? Okay, hearing none. Uh, would you read the, oh, I'm sorry. Public comment on the non-agenda items. Um, is there any public comment on items that are not on the agenda tonight? All right, hearing none, could we have the disclaimer, please? Yes. Chapter 16, Section 22 of the City of Kalamazoo Code of Ordinance states, historical preservation is a public purpose. To serve that purpose, the Historic District Commission is hereby charged with the following responsibilities. The Kalamazoo Historic District Commission is empowered to regulate work on the exterior of historic resources and non-historic resources in historic districts in the City of Kalamazoo and shall otherwise have all powers invested in Historic District Commissions pursuant to the Local Historic Districts Act, MCLA 399-201-1970-PA-169, as amended 1992. To regulate work on resources which, by city ordinance, are historic or non-historic resources located within local historic districts, including but not limited to the moving of any structure into or out of or the building of any structure in an historic district. The following documents are available in the Community Planning and Economic Development um, Department located at 245 North Rose Street. 
These documents will help assist property owners in understanding the responsibilities of owning property in a local historic district. MCLA 399-201-1970-PA-169 as amended 1992. Code of Ordinances of the City of Kalamazoo, Michigan, Chapter 16, Historic Districts. Secretary of the Interior's Standards for Rehabilitation and Guidelines for Rehabilitating Historic Buildings, 1990. Standards and Guidelines for Kalamazoo Historic Districts and Maps of Kalamazoo Local Historic Districts. These documents and maps are also available on the City of Kalamazoo website at www.kalamazoocity.org forward slash historic preservation. Thank you. All right. We have removed uh, item seven off the agenda, the community sustainable plan presentation. So we'll move on to old business, uh, which is 251 East Michigan. If the applicants would come up and present their case. Um, and for the commission, before we start, um, Fritz, whose who's owner is also my landlord uh, for a couple of the businesses that I run. So I'm gonna recuse myself from voting, but I'm certainly here to answer any questions as the architect on the board that you might have. So please come on up. Yeah, and I just want to give the housekeeping things as you approach here. Uh, for all the applicants, you'll just come up to the podium here, um, and Casey will uh, turn on the microphone for you to talk when it's your time to talk, um, and that's pretty much it. Just make sure that you're talking into the microphone and, and things like that. I just know that this is a marked change from what we've done before, uh, so I want to make sure that everyone has an uh, even footing to get the, the night started here. No worries. Fritz, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm on the air? You're on the air. Okay. Well, my, my name is Fritz Brown, and uh, I live in the city of Portage, but uh, own uh, a par uh, partner with uh, Traystar Holdings, and we have probably 200,000 square feet of office and retail in Kalamazoo. I have uh, my architect for, um, I'll call it uh, the Haymarket Plaza here, Tony Reiner from Tower Pinkster who helped design um, the lighting and the awnings um, and the elevations that we're um, gonna have a conversation about today. I don't think um, we're married to any, any uh, certain design, but I do wanna go through our thought process and this wasn't Millie, you know, I, we just didn't throw it at the wall and there was a lot of thought put into um, this plaza and uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars spent to date on, on uh, amenities for, for this area. Um, so I, I, think, I think the way you had me, Louise, uh, was to talk a little bit about the lighting plan and, and, then, the, um, and then the awnings. The awnings and lighting are kind of, um, I think they're in the same presentation and then we can talk about the future elevation, um, if that's if that's the if that's okay. Okay, perfect. So um, about a year ago, maybe a little bit more, while while our neighbors to the um, north were building um, the Water Street, uh, 110 million dollar Water Street project, we were left with a dilemma, and that dilemma was, okay, what. My, the folks that are in this building now are going to have to, you know, they're not going to be able to look out the window and see, you know, all the way north to Grand Rapids. They're going to see the side of this building. What do we have left here? So in a very gener generic manner, we 
we worked with our neighbor to the to the north, put in snowmelt, put in uh, landscape forms, furniture, put, uh, put in designs, and and really thought hard about how this whole plaza was going to work. And what was there before were um, honestly were a and I have photos uh, that I that I brought with me to so folks can see what this looked like beforehand. Can I give these to you? Two awnings. One was sort of uh, Southwest Michigan's awning, uh, Southwest Michigan First awning, and it was red, and it was um, on the far west side of the building. And then on the east side of the building, we had a, um, uh, a rather um, broken up um, black uh, awning that was there, and uh, neither one of them were... were um, adhere to the uh, grout. They were just stuck there in the brick. They weren't nothing in particularly historic about any of those. Um, the lighting was non-existent, and um, there were a few uh, fixtures, but nothing that told a story, nothing that was interesting. It was very blah because it was facing a parking lot with um, that the city owned that was full of weeds and it was a parking lot. So um, we we hired um, Tony and his group to uh, who who actually designed the um, Water Street building for 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 Greenleaf for for um, I'm sorry uh, Pat, Patty Owens group uh, Catalyst and um, asked him to think a little harder about what we might want to see in this in the future. And that's when we added kind of projection mapping against the, and that's been since installed. I don't know if any if, if any of you have seen it. Um, and uh, and so he um, came up with some ideas on the lighting, making it more interesting, making the lighting kind of not only go up and down on the building, but kind of come across the the new uh, snow melt and new concrete. And he. Uh, and then with the awnings, he just sort of had these box awnings that we wanted to make sure that they are all consistent across the um, across the whole plaza. And in and in addition, we were going to stick some TV screens in there with art on it because the whole theme of this alleyway now uh, is sort of art. Uh, we've deeded the uh, plaza at the far end next to the Haymarket to the uh, Arts Council, and they run that now. And so we thought that this could be a really cool, uh, interesting sort of the, a belt, the belt-like. And, um, and we wanted it to look interesting. Obviously, we, didn't, we decided against putting graffiti on, on the side of uh, our building, um, although that's probably more art. Um, but the idea was to have it be very interest, interesting and have it um, have an element of um, of, of art and um, and so yeah so that's I mean I, I don't I, I'm happy to field field questions on it but it wasn't we just didn't do it uh, um, we had a lot of thought in the whole process I don't know if you have anything else to add to this. 
Well, I mean, you know, prior to the context of this conversation in regards to the the sensitivity to the historical nature, I think just in general, the, the idea was instead of the horizontal canopies that kind of fought the architecture, to suggest to Fritz to consider more vertical canopies that align with the rhythm of the architecture. And then in regards to the lighting, um, to help create a better sense of place back here and an amenity for the community, consider lighting in between the existing buildings so that as opposed to just reading a facade from one end to the other, the lighting not only gives a sense of safety and experience, but it also starts to distinguish the buildings and gives them their own identity on themselves. And then the, the secondary element of lighting um, is Fritz called graffiti, but there are some significant pieces of brick. So the thought was, could we have arms that could highlight a location for community art, whether it's sculpture at some point or it's, it's uh, transient, it can move, or it's something that could potentially get attached. But in terms of the strategy, it was the canopies that follow the profile of the windows, uh, lighting that separates and distinguishes the different buildings, and then additional lighting that could highlight unique opportunity for local artists to showcase their, their work. You said it a heck of a lot better than I, I said it, but um, yeah, and we're happy to answer any, any questions you guys may have. Um, Probably, you know, in hindsight, should have, um, should have, could have, would have gotten with um, Louise. And um, but again, with that, um, we had a long re relationship with uh, Sharon Ferraro, and it was always, you know, the front of the building was the most, I guess, historically sensitive, and the back of the building facing the parking lot, um, not so much. And so. Um, if we are to be ignorant of not getting in touch, it was it was ignorance through kind of experience of what was previously kind of considered the back of the building. Great, thank you. Um, I'm happy to go into the, the 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 other stuff, but I thought maybe we'd start with that. Yeah, I think let's let's because I think we've got it set up as a couple of different motions. So I mean, let's let's tackle them one at a time. Yeah, and Casey, I was just wondering if you could uh, scroll through. I, I put all of the images from your your application on there too. So if you, Casey, if you could go through them, or uh, maybe for the commissioners that don't have a packet with them or anything, um, so they can see some more things. I'm sure that they've already seen it though in, in the previous packets. Um, so like Jeremy was just alluding to, there is uh, three different things, and I divided it up for, uh, because I thought, saw three distinct pieces of work, if you will, to be going on here. Um, replacing the, the awnings that were there before the metal ones with the metal ones, which will be uh, a retroactive approval, like you just alluded to, uh, Fritz. Um, the new decorative lighting, which was um, what's on the screen now that Casey was just, well, right there is some of the lighting, and I know that one of the earlier slides or pages in the application had all of the different lighting um, fixtures and stuff. Um, and then the new glass storefront, which we haven't talked about all the way, but like we already talked about, you know, it's uh, three distinct pieces of work there that'll be going on. Um, you know, the, the observations that I put in the staff report here were that uh, obviously the awnings did replace non-historic awnings. So these, these new ones that were put up did replace ones that weren't historic. So I just want that to be on the record for everyone to know um, that that is a, a fact. Um, and then, 
not to jump the gun a little bit, but the, the, the storefront that's going to go in the back as well is not replacing anything that's, it's not original where it's planning to go, you know. That that's glass that's back there already, um, from as far as I could tell, is, is not that terribly old, and it seems like a lot of the things were made to accommodate the, the Huntington Bank, I believe, um, ATM and things like that in the rear, so it's not uh, an original fixture to the building uh, at all. Um, the only other thing that, that I noticed when I was looking through is that um, with both the lighting and the awnings, my preference would be, and I know that the awnings are already up, is that things that are affixed in the future, or uh, I don't know how the commission will look at it, but um, things that are going to go into masonry should uh, be affixed to the mortar because the mortar is something that's supposed to be replaced and more ephemeral uh, than the bricks themselves. Um, and it's, you know, it can just be repaired a lot easier than a brick can. So for the lighting, um, I think that that should be a big consideration is trying to anchor that into the mortar um, where possible. Or, you know, I, I think that that's a big consideration for me to make moving forward with this. Um, those are the, the big things that I have right now. I won't belabor the point by reading through the entire staff report because I, I assume that the commissioners have already read it. Um, another observation that I will make though is that the, the glass storefront um, that's in here, I don't know if Casey can find it easily or not. I didn't divide the, the thing up all the way. Um, I thought it was interesting looking. Um, there are some pictures, this one is fine here too, Casey, um, of the old sporting goods store that used to be in the Diesenberg building, which is the building that the storefront will go on the north of. And I um, thought that the newer glass storefront kind of um, mimicked, I guess, the rhythm or looked, the, the rhythm kind of more closely aligned with the, the, the south face of the building um, before more than the, the existing I don't like to call it a storefront because it's in the rear of the building, but uh, it, it aligns more closely with that south face um, than the current one does. So that was just another observation that I had that I noticed I hadn't recorded, so. Thank you. Maybe just since we've touched on it, maybe a brief update on the, the rear of the building, the storefront. The storefront? Yeah. So we, <clears throat> um, as a part of activating this alleyway, and we'll, more things to come, but for this particular um, storefront. I think you have an elevation of what I sent you. Of, um, and, and I was fully prepared to come here and say, you know, we'll, we'll work with, the, with you guys to, the idea is we want to put an event space in there. We have partnered with a local group. We want, we want to activate the space. We want to do weddings there. We have parking. We have everything. There's a demand for it. Um, the people can go out after the wedding or during and watch, you know, their family photos up on a giant, you know, the side of the, the whole building. Um, so, uh, but there needs to be more interaction between the, what I'll call the, the event or the, um, the Haymarket Plaza space proper that's owned by the city and my and inside the building and so people need to freely go in and out of that building easier than what is there now now i think the brick comes up to you know about you know up to here would you say you know something like that and the bricks across there we we wanted to eliminate some of that and just so that there could be people walking in and out of that space a little more freely i get that if there's 
stanchions or anything historical there, we, we would look at that and try to design appropriately to, you know, but still have the flavor of being able to have connectivity with the plaza. So that's really what we want. And then I will tell you just, uh, you know, this whole plaza is getting redone. We have recently purchased the 215 East Michigan building, which is not historical, unless you guys tell me it is. I think it was built in the 50s. It's that, uh, what I'll say, challenged uh, bank, we just bought it yesterday, uh, bank branch that was Charter One. That's getting turned into a food and beverage venue. Uh, as well, really nice. I think everyone's going to enjoy once once we can announce that. And so we, and then on the corner where Folio was, we are putting another uh, food and beverage spot there. So we're everything we're putting in there is going to kind of work toward having this be a cultural slash um, you know food and beverage slash gathering place for the public. Uh, and Casey, could you go to the elevations uh, there just before the staff report? Um, the page numbering got messed up, so I apologize for that. But it's it's some of the last pictures, and it says elevations across the top. Yeah. The, could we go to that um, that floor plan right before this for a moment? It might be helpful to here. You can see uh, down that's um, on Michigan, so you can see the structural bay and how that's expressed by the um, Adler-Sullivan architectural um, team. And, but if you if you then go to the alley, go to the north, you can see that there's been an ATM, there's been a fire stair, a shaft. So there's they've piecemealed in elements that don't match that historical rhythm. So so our hope was looking at this, you, this is a good slide because it shows the um, historical integrity of the main elevation, the front elevation facing south on the left. The middle one's what's there today, so you can you clearly can tell Adler Sullivan didn't design that glass piece in that storefront. So what we're trying to do is open that up, assuming it was probably back a house support for Grocer, um, trying to bring it into a rhythm that aligns with the nature of the brick and the architecture and the openings. But ultimately, you know, giving better access to the building visibly, better sense of daylight, um, letting people see that there's activity in there, um, but then working with those datum still that you might find on the on the south. One, one thing that Fritz was talking about is between the two doors, uh, currently that you can see there is a, a brick knee wall that's painted. Um, so considering looking at bringing that glass all the way to the bottom, again, just helping people have that visual connectivity inside out and potentially um, putting forward to you a consideration for those to be operable. So there could be sort of an indoor outdoor experience. Great, thank you. Um, questions, commissioners, thoughts? I think we're open for discussion. I do like your your ideas where you're talking about projecting and engaging with local art, or if you have a venue, you just switch that computer. Mm -hmm. We've got good parking, which is nice. We need parking. My question is volume of parking compared to the green space that you have. How, I, I can't really tell from the print, how big is that space? If you're talking about having weddings or a large amount of public using it, well, if that's a small little courtyard, it gets filled up quick, where do the people go? Well, so it's narrow back where, mm -hmm. the, the, where it starts off of uh, Edwards Street, and then as it goes into the, into the next to the Haymarket building, it opens up, and 
that's where we see most of the, we see people walking down there, seeing what's in there, going in and out. We also own the parking lot right um, where the old, for those of you familiar with the old Wendy's was, that's 112 spaces there. So we imagine, and we partnered with Catalyst for that, for our folks to use that parking. So um, most of the people, um, and the fire marshals all over this, and I have people on the city in, as a part of our uh, Haymarket Plaza um, oversight committee. And so th there's always gonna be a maximum amount of people at every event. But the restaurants um, kind of at the, at the Haymarket Plaza down next to the Haymarket building, where it opens up, there will be two restaurants there. Um, one, the Wine Loft is having uh, their outdoor seating kind of against the, uh, against the Haymarket building where they've moved it. Actually, they're gonna have it in, in conjunction with what they have in the front of the building and an element in the back. And then uh, the 215 Michigan building will have its own outdoor seating for that new uh, food and beverage use. But we aren't gonna put more people in that alleyway than than you know the capacity, but it is rather large. I mean, it's got to be what 25 feet across, even at its nar narrowest. Yeah, it's it's pretty sizable. So in that little green space, it looks really nice on the print. How many people, 25 people, could comfortably fit in there, or 10 people can? You sit mean the there green space tables? against the in the yeah, alley? Yeah, we have it kind of fenced off, and there's a tree and whatnot. And um, oh, right you're, you're looking at a different at the very far end. I, I added I added those pictures just to show you that I'm doing we're doing more of the same. That's the building you just bought. The, uh, the what I showed you on those is a building we just bought. Um, Got and, it. Okay. Okay. And another, I was that's another building. My confusion. I don't want, I didn't mean to confuse you. Yeah. No. But we I, own, we own the whole block all the way. The only thing we don't own um, is uh, the bridal thing. We own everything all the way up until um, the Monroe building, which is that column building. Um, so we basically own that whole block. We're planning on activating all the spaces and all the alleyways going um, north and south, activating those with lights, uh, making them, you can see today our, our alleyway kind of, that goes between Main Street East and the, another building we just bought we, we've put snow melt in there, all sorts of lighting, trying to activate all of the north-south coming off of Michigan Avenue. Yeah, I really think you're on the right track trying to engage yeah. people and get a place that's comfortable to be. Yeah, yeah. so thank you. Yep. I have a, a, just a quick question about um, what uh, you were alluding to earlier about sort of the permanence of both the um, awnings and the lighting. Um, I think one of the things that we always consider is in, in the future, how easy would this be to remove it and bring it back to the original? Um, as far as kind of the method of construction, um, could you talk just briefly a little bit about, I think especially with the, um, with the lighting, since the awnings, this is a retroactive question. With the lighting, um, is that something that's possible to be installed in such a way that it's not going to make permanent changes to the structure and in the future if it needed to be changed, it could be? So it's been installed. So that ship has sailed. I'm, uh, I'm happy, and I actually asked Louise if we could have the meeting over there. I'd walk you through and show you what we did. Um, I'm not sure whether we put those in, into the grout or into the, um, into the mortar, 
I'd have to look. My guess would be every place where they could put it in the mortar, they are without, without you know, they're going to want to make sure it's even across. And if it if it deviates a little bit because these are old buildings, um, we, we tried where we could. So um, does that mean that this changes that to also a retroactive approval? Because right now that's not how it's listed. That's a good question. I, uh, I, mean, I think in the essence of it, it would, yes, because it, it will be a retroactive approval. Um, but obviously, it's not worded that way. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you have any insight into. Yeah, and there's, I think, three fixtures. Three fixtures, and it delineates, like, like he said, it delineates the building. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if they're in, it would have to be retroactive. I, I don't know another way that we would do it. So, so then I, I'll, I would. That. I, thought, I thought we. I thought you guys knew that we. It was yeah. I thought you guys knew so, that. So, so I have a question here. Why is it retroactive? Why did you not come to us before you did this? Again, when I I think I I mentioned something briefly when I started talking. The the idea that. Anything in the back of this building facing a parking lot when I originally talked to Sharon Ferraro We didn't think about this. You, you know folks put up ATMs people put up awnings Southwest Michigan first put their own red awning up um, We there was nothing Historically significant in my mind um, The only time it ever came up was a call from Louise Saying that you know you got to pay a $50 fine. That was the first I heard of it it wasn't, I didn't put it this way. I did not purposely subvert this committee. Yeah, I think just, just for everyone's education, the, um, it would be the entire asset. It, we, we would really never look at a, just a facade, correct? I mean, it's gonna be the whole building, um, but certainly there's been things in the past that have um, slid by without our knowledge, so. And I think, of course, it makes a difference that now it is an activated space, whereas before it wasn't. So, of course, that probably also People changes were a little bit. actually looking at, I mean, right. walking up and down it, yeah. It's a great problem to have. <laughs> um, I would just say then, as we are thinking about on page, I don't know what the page number is, but where we have our commission actions, the motions that are p possible, um, that if we were to choose Number one, it's worded correctly. If we're to choose also number two, we would want to reword it as a retroactive installation as, as the first one is written. And I think we can do that without changing it in the form as long as it's recorded. So, so what's before us now? We're, we're going to do these as three separate motions for the proposed work. It's for three separate, it's going to be three separate motions. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I do just want to say too um, before I think um, moving forward to I don't know how much it has to do necessarily with the historic aspects of things but uh, it'll be important to look into maybe where some of the lot lines are on those two just to make sure that other things uh, I don't know how close those lot lines like you said the city maybe owns the alley or something there and just making sure that we're working with the right-of-way coordinators and things like that to make sure that um, m once it gets out of historic hands that everything else there is uh, just considerations to have to looking ahead so no I get it um, again it was going off of what happened in the past the, the lot line goes right up to the side 
of the building. There is nothing, anything, it's hanging over the public property, but never occurred because we thought, you know, they were here before we can do, you know. So ignorance, yes, I, I claim ignorance. But I, I promise moving forward, I will, if we have anything else that's gonna go on the facade of that building, I'll submit an application. Hopefully, if there's two or three things, I can get them in the same application and go from there. So I think what we're saying is that this building has two facades, a front facade and a back facade. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. So I think for me, the only thing that I really had questions about is the proposed changes to the storefront. Um, I appreciate what you were saying about potentially turning it making my chair go down as I'm sitting here, this is weird. Um, <laughs> literally sinking as I talk. Um, I think it sounds like one of the things we would need to consider is how we would feel about removing the brick and allowing the floor to ceiling windows, especially if part of the consideration and part of the design is to have those be windows that could open up and make it an, an open air space. Is that something that we have some guidelines on? Do we think the brick is original? Do you Tony, do you know? I mean, I, I've heard rumors about it being an overhead door in the past for, like you said, you know, back of the house grocery. I, I don't know, Luis, I don't know if you've been out to look at it closely. Is there any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I did look at it, uh, and I talked with Sharon about this extensively to pick her brains what she thought about the building. Um, I guess just because she's been around longer than I have, and she's seen the building go through more transformations than I have. Um, so this is the Diesenberg building. It was a Louis and Sullivan, or a, a Sullivan, Adler and Sullivan building. Um, and it was originally a grocery store, um, which just makes me think then that the rear of it probably was some sort of way to offload groceries into the building, right? Um, I think that probably the, the functionality of the building was, was paramount to the design back in the day and being able to get your goods into the store especially because that rear space was an alley. Um, and thinking about that, this is oriented towards the main, what was the main strip in Kalamazoo, right? So that front space was the, 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 the show-off space or the primary facade, facade, what have you. Um, I also know that, you know, if you read the front of the building, I don't think that there would have been um, huge floor-to-ceiling glass in, in the rear like that. I don't think that that was originally, and I don't think then that you would have expected to see, I guess, those knee walls, because um, that would have impaired someone's ability to get in, and I think they would have wanted to have the widest opening into the rear of the building, is the way that I read the building when I look at it. Um, again, I think that it's educated guesses at best, because we don't have photographic evidence of the rear, um, but I don't think that those knee walls are original, no. Any more discussion? Is there any public comment on this case? All right, hearing none. Is there a motion to be had for further discussion, commissioners? I'll make a motion. I'll make the first motion. Move to approve the retroactive installation of metal awnings. This proposal complies with the Secretary of Interior standards numbers one, six, and nine. The commission approves a certificate of appropriateness for this project. 
approval of any final details to be delegated to the Historic Preservation Coordinator. Thank you, Dana. Is there a second? Thank you, Andrew. Uh, is there any further discussion of the commission before we vote? All right, hearing none, can we have a roll call vote, please? Dana? Yes. Andrew? Yes. Jeremy? I'm going to abstain. Uh, Eric? Yes. Dan? Yes. John? No. Okay, thank you. The motion has passed. Any further discussion on the second uh, item on this case? All right, hearing none, is there a motion? Thank you, Andrew. Uh, is there a second? I'll second that. All right, thank you, Dana. Any further discussion before we vote? All right, hearing none, can we have a roll call vote, please? I, wait, I do have a, oh, I do have a comment. No, I mean, I think the lighting, okay, it's already there. <laughs> the lighting is, uh, strikes me as very modern. Um, and I guess, you know, initially I did have a problem with that, but when I was reading a little bit more about the hay market, it seems like, okay, maybe not the back, but but that it was, you know, when, when uh, gas lights were in, they had gas lights. Um, in 1886, when electricity came in, they moved to have electric lights. So I think there is a sense of history in, 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 this, in the sense that this building was always like au courant, <laughs> on the edge, you know, had the, the latest whatever. So um, for that reason, um, I, I'm going to vote yes. Thank you, Dina. Anything else? Yeah, I, I guess like um, uh, I'm going to vote yes. Uh, but the order of operations is really throwing me in the situation. I understand the ignorance factor, but having a historic building, you know, like it's just the whole building front and back. And I understand maybe in the past, you know, some of the things were going on. But yeah, I, I just have to say that that is throwing me in being more behind this project because, you know, we set a precedent here we're moving forward with other maybe less scrupulous scrupulous uh, developers will just do it and then come in and ask for forgiveness. And uh, that part I do not like. It's duly noted. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else? <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I want to comment real quickly. Um, noted what Dana said and, of course, what Dan said. I think the big question to us as commissioners or as developers even is what kind of a space do you want this to be is it a modern space or is it a modern space with a hint of what it once was I think that's the kind of thing we need to keep in mind whatever that is I don't know but you're moving in the right direction by making the space usable that's all 
All right, roll Dana. call vote, please. Dana? Yes. Andrew? Yes. Jeremy? Epstein? Eric? Yes. Dan? Yes. John? No. All right, thank you. The motion is carried. All right, last but not least is the um, alteration to the rear storefront, I believe we're calling it. Any discussion? Okay. Um, is there a motion to be made? I guess I have one last question uh, more for um, our historic coordinator. Uh, given that details are delegated to you, do you have enough specific details in the designs to make um, changes as needed if we approve this? Do you have like the specific measurements? One of the things I'm thinking about is we mentioned that there might be the possibility of having those B windows that open, which would turn them into doors. Is that enough detail for you to move forward or do we need more specific and detailed drawings and materials for this? Um, so, I mean, there are uh, measurements given, and I'm sorry that the pages didn't come through the page numbers. It's called item six in the packet, um, and there are proposed drawings for the proposed north elevation. Um, so as, as far as measurements go, I, th I think that they are there. Um, and I think that some of what you're asking, I, I guess I would, um, or I guess I'll ask first, is that kind of what you're asking, Andrew? Okay, and then I think that, um, you know, right now, um, they're labeled as operable glass with a partition, which I assume means movable or in some capacity. Yes. That was one suggestion, if you were open to it. We would move forward with them being static if that thought was those tall vertical pieces would maybe be a pivot mm -hmm. door of some kind. It's all conceptual right now. Yeah, to move it, I'm sorry that my mic wasn't just on, but to move it from not conceptual into the, um, the concrete realm. I, I had a question. Um, I believe one of the drawings indicated that the cast iron columns, do, do we think they might be behind the wood storefront? Or I, I know it's hard to know, it's just, I just read that there was potentially cast iron columns on the main facade. Okay. And so the thought was the current collage of vertical columns appear to be wood. If So our thought was when we replaced the, the vertical columns, we could perhaps consider the cast iron to tie into the main facade. Gotcha. Um, but we would, I, I'm certainly if we removed it and the cast iron was there, that might tell us something in terms of sticking to the integrity of what was original. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, you know, a, a, a lot of that information when I've been researching this building came from a book called Walking Through Time, uh, which was published by the Historic Preservation Commission in 78 or 83. I can't remember which year, but it was an early publication from the Kalamazoo Historic, Public, uh, Historic Preservation Commission um, that is lacking in citations, but that's where I read about the, the, um, the cast iron columns that were 
I didn't quite understand it, but they were meant to let light in somehow, but I, I wasn't really sure how that was operating all the way. But that's where I originally read that, that kind of information and saw that um, as well. I think that's probably the source um, for stuff like that. Okay, and obviously if, if you found them buried in there, we would keep them and figure out a way to work around them. The idea is, I think, is that we would start our demo of that elevation, assuming that the knee walls are okay to take out, and once we get enough demo, we can bring whoever in to, you know, see, you know, what's our next move. Uh, I think we can work with you guys. I, we, we don't want, you know, to make it look goofy, but if, as long as it's going, it's doing what we want, we're open to the, to how we get there. Okay. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'm ready to make a motion if everybody's good with the end of discussion. I'll move to approve the construction of a new glass storefront in place of existing storefront of the existing storefront. On the north face, this proposal complies with the Secretary of the Interior Standards 1 through 6 and number 9. The Commission approves a certificate of appropriateness for this project, approval of any final details, understanding that the discovery of any historic artifacts behind what we currently have would involve details um, to be delegated to the Historic Preservation Coordinator. All right, thank you, Andrew. Is there a second? I second that. Thank you. Is there any discussion before we vote? All right, hearing none, can we have a roll call vote, please? Dana? Yes. Andrew? Yes. Jeremy? Abstain. Eric? Yes. Dan? Yes. John? Yeah, the, the only proposal that's followed the uh, well-established protocol in the historic district. Yes. All right, thank you. The motion has carried. Thank you. Uh, so um, this is just the afterward spiel. Uh, I will send out certificate of appropriatenesses. I didn't say that right, but I'll send them out to you, COAs to you. Um, I don't know if you want them, Fritz, or I can send them to the, in, the entire group that I've kind of been communicating with all uh, along throughout this process. I'll draft those tomorrow. I can email them to you um, tomorrow, and then I'll put them in the mail, and I don't know when they'll get to you via mail, but I will uh, send those to you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, just for the record, Andrew had to uh, leave, so he is no longer here. Um, so we're down one commissioner, but we march on. All right, we're moving to new business, uh, 1539 Grand Avenue. Good evening, how are you doing? Good, welcome. Uh, not sure how much on this project you guys are aware of. If you could just state your name for the record. Yep, I'm Christopher Heckman, owner of CR Heckman Custom Builder. Great, thank you. Um, 1539 Grand Ave put in a proposal for a full back addition last year that was approved, uh, cost budget restraints, scaling it way back. We're doing an interior remodel, uh, but they would like to bump the mudroom out eight feet and have a door facing the garage, moving the side door uh, and extending the stairs up from the basement to make it more uh, easier to facilitate. So. It would be 13 wide by eight out with a five foot covered porch. Um, existing materials would be replicating 
the old materials, the 11 and a quarter clapboard would be cement board primed. The whole house will get repainted. Um, corbels will be matched, freeze board, soffit. Um, it'll be spray foamed, um, framed down to the ground with new stone application to replicate the existing brick as close as possible. The room will be utilized basically as a mud room. It'll have a tile floor, cabinetry in there, and then extend the heat run. So it'll have electric and, and one heat run extended out. The flat roof will be extended out um, per the um, existing uh, that already has a flat roof. We'll peel that completely back and redo a whole new flat roof from the house out to cover. And then obviously new gutters downspouts, so on. We have approval right now for the interior remodel that we're in progress of. It's kitchen and three bathrooms, and then they would, they've added uh, additional wanting a scope of work for the bump out of the mudroom. I remember this from before. I don't know if, John, you remember this? Um, yeah, the, the original was a full across the back Yep. Uh, like 40 foot by 16 or so. And uh, they scaled that back to stay within the footprint of the house for the remodel, but they would like to change that mudroom so that the, right now it's a very awkward entryway on the side door. And then you go left to the basement and go right up the stairs into the mudroom and it's short steps, probably barely code as it is right now. I'm gonna redo the staircase straight proper rise and run up into the mudroom so that they can have more room. And uh, the, the windows that are in the mudroom now, there are two wood Pella windows. We're gonna utilize one of them in the sidewall that doesn't have cabinetry. We've ordered a new, or pre-ordered, a new Pella uh, full glass entry door with side lights to go in there facing the garage. And the steps will come down and they go straight into the garage. The siding on the existing house is what? Is it wood? I don't remember. It's a, it appears to be a cedar, 11 and a quarter wide. So we're gonna go with uh, primed um, cement board and all five quarter Azac trim. Um, and then the corbels will be built out of, patterned off of the originals. The originals right now are ganged two by 12, scroll cut, and we're gonna use uh, five or six quarter Azac and build them so that they match. Similar freeze and uh, soffit detail. How, how would you propose to weave the new siding in with the existing siding, I mean, it, that wall planes? Well, I know we, on the one side where the entry door is, we're gonna need to too thin some of the existing to make it, you know, that door's gonna go away, so the homeowner's asking to uh, too thin some of, salvage what we can off the face of the original, tooth it in, and my cider uh, recall from HVE seems to think he can get that to look and blend almost spot on. And then the existing, the whole house will get repainted. So they've got Azac on the other side of the porch that was done however long ago. Um, and the original design from uh, Visser was to do the entire addition on the back when we were gonna do the big part um, all in this new 11 and a quarter primed cement board. 
So it'll have about, I believe it's a nine inch exposure. What's, what's the reason for specifying the, the AZEC and the cellular PVC and the, and the uh, cement board when most of that stuff's still readily available in, uh, in either cedar or a comparable one in those dimensions? Homeowner request, uh, durability. Um, yeah, basically the house is, before it gets repainted, we're gonna have to go through and detail and fix a lot of existing wood. There's some wood scallop up top, uh, shake and whatnot. And since he had uh, Azak on the other side done back in the past, he's asking for this, for durability. The front posts on the house, they're asking me for a change order to redo those in Azak as well. They're just, uh, you know, because the take, take a beating with the weather, constant maintenance. And I believe the, the, I was looking through this house's property files, and I believe that the, the work was done, I, I want to say in 2012 or 2013, um, the work that you're referring to, the previous work, um, just so uh, the commissioners are aware of the year that that happened. I'm not sure on your question if that can be, if the 11 and a quarter can even be uh, purchased or found. It can be in the cement board. We'd have to do some digging to see if we could even find it to replicate that. My cider was extremely cautious when he saw that. He was able to get it in a primed, not a pre-finished, yeah. Thoughts, discussion from commissioners? Well, I'll, make, uh, I'll add a little more to the discussion. Everybody knows I'm not opposed to uh, alternative materials, especially since uh, it's getting harder and harder to find uh, stuff that will match the original or, or, or be of similar, especially in, in those dimensions. Um, I guess everybody here's got to make up their mind. I mean, most of this, this is uh, rear elevation. Correct. Right. It's facing Henderson Court. Yep. You know, I mean, everybody knows I'm not opposed to, you know, say fiberglass columns, uh, if because they're almost imperceptible if you if you pull that off right. But uh, the the people presently on this commission are going to have to make up their mind whether we're going to move more and more into, because this could all be done. Um, like the builder said, uh, it will be hard to get some cedar beveled siding of that dimension. You can probably find it. Um, I know cost is not supposed to enter into our decisions here. It would be very costly. You could, you could if you go to Westwood Lumber or something like that. You might be able to find it, but that's going to be, uh, you're right, that part right there will be a little bit of trouble. But uh, I guess you just have to make up your mind what, uh, <clears throat> what our parameters are for it. I'm fundamentally not opposed to some of this because it's getting harder to find what we need. But it, it, most of this could be done in, you could take two by and mill it down to, you know, those smaller dimensions out of the cedar. Most of it could be done in, in that manner. More priming and painting. I'm familiar with the AZEC. So. Just a side note, I'm not sure if Louis know, Louise knows the, the garage was built, I don't know, probably eight years ago. And it's, it was done all in cement board and ASAC. Yeah, I think a lot of that stuff was, was put through together. I, before a lot of this work was done, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this house at all, but it was 
like a greenish blue. Uh, when I was looking through the pictures, I almost, and on Google Earth right now, it's still the greenish blue. So I was having like a hard time finding it when I was looking through the property files to see it. Um, it's really turned around a lot. Um, and I think that, yes, it was around the, either the 2012, 2013, or a little bit of a later round when that was added. Um, and as you alluded to before as well, you know, the bottom right picture here is from Henderson Court. I, I wasn't really aware that it did butt up to Henderson Court, but it's it's hard to see it unless you were being very intrusive on the property um, to see the addition. Um, I had a hard time like getting good pictures to kind of represent what was going on because right now there's some trees in front of it, as you can see in the top right corner. Um, and then stepping back to Henderson Court, you almost can't see it. So am I correct in, in assuming that this is replacing the previous proposal for a much larger correct. upper wing? Okay. Yeah, budget came in way over what they wanted to spend. Okay. So for the interior remodel, we're staying within the footprint of the kitchen and the bathrooms, but they would like to extend out the mudroom just to facilitate it easier. Tell me more about your brick, your, your synthetic brick you're going to put on. Well, the brick that's on the house now, uh, impossible to replicate. So the options would be to find one that's close or go straight to the ground with the siding, which would leave a brake line, right? So uh, the other option would be to get a similar brick, lick and stick type brick put on there and repaint the entire brick foundation all the way around the house so that it blends in and matches. Yeah, I mean, the dimension of the brick would match, but the color and texture might be a little off, but if we repainted it, which is what the neighbor did next door, they had their whole exposed foundation repainted so that it, you could see where there was an add-on put on there, and it, once it's painted, unless you walk right up to it. So you're planning on painting it anyway? Yeah, the whole house is going to get repainted. Correct. Yeah, well, that would be my concern. Is, uh, this is happening a lot, even downtown. Instead of going with brick, they're going with a cast concrete or something like right. this, and it just kind of... Now, the idea is to make it look like it was always there, Good. as close yeah. as possible. That sounds like you're... Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Is the existing brick is painted? It's a yellow... Uh, I believe it's the original pigment okay. on the brick that's there. Yeah, the house has been painted before. But the brick has been painted? I don't or? believe so. Okay. Yeah, um, thank you for bringing that up. If, if the brick hasn't been painted, um, don't paint it is what the guidelines say right now. Um, I'm guessing it's like a blind brick then. Um, and, you know, the discussion that we've just been having kind of about, I, I think that when it comes to the, to backtrack a little bit, the siding, you know, you want it to obviously have some sort of blend from the new into the old, just for um, protection against water infiltration and things like that. But then I think also just aesthetically, there needs to be some, some blend, right? Um, I'm not sure how much, I guess, looking at the, the standards to me and considering them, how much it matters, I guess, for just the foundation, which I don't know how tall this foundation is, that it matches exactly because um, one of the Secretary of the Interior's 
um, paths of thinking, if you will, is that there needs to be some distinction between new and old. I think for, for new generations to be able to delineate what's going on and what an edition looks like, um, and it's, uh, you know, we're not trying to replicate anything. Uh, this is a rehabilitation, so I think that the, the delineation um, is appropriate, and it, I don't know how appropriate it is to have something that matches one-to-one. -one. So, so just to clarify, you're suggesting or your guidance is like um, don't paint the, uh, anything that's not painted, and in this edition, you do something that complements but doesn't try to replicate. Yeah, one of the, the, the I want to say it's a standard um, we don't regulate on paint in the historic districts. The only, th but we do say that if masonry is not painted yet, don't paint over it. Okay. Um, and I would divert back to you a little bit, Jeremy. And I think it's just a, not that good for the masonry. And you could be trapping things in potentially that you don't want to be trapped in um, to the masonry. Um, and I guess besides the um, the practical reasons, it's, it's just in the letter of the standards and guidelines that we will be acting off of as a commission. Um, and I think that you said it well, Dan, that there, there should be some distinction between the two and, and complementing is really what we're looking for, um, complementing in the new designs, which I think really honestly opens up the all applicants to a wider array of possibilities if you're looking to complement rather than replicate or, or match. So that was the homeowner's thought process. The mudroom as it sits right now on the floor plan jets out from the house, six feet maybe, and we would be adding onto that. So my thought would be possibly do some sort of a cultured stone around the original bump out and the new addition so it looks purposeful. That's a possibility. We could come up with some materials and you know, find out. You're, you've got about less than two feet exposed, but still, I see the point. It needs to be, you know, purposeful. And yeah, I, I think that just the, the complimenting is nice. And the visibility is so low, it being on the south or rear face of the building, for one, um, the, the foundation not coming up that tall, um, two, it's going to be the, the people that mostly see this are going to be the homeowners. I think you'd really have to be looking for someone else to see it, not to say it should be disregarded in any capacity, um, but I think that that gives you even more room or latitude when considering the, the complementing then instead of the matching. Yeah, for me as the builder, I want it to look good. I don't want you somebody walk up and go, what is that? You know, so I'm, trust me, I'm thinking on how we're going to address that, but. Is there any uh, public comment on this case? Okay. Further discussion? Is there a motion? What? All right, John. I move to approve the addition on the south rear of the house as presented. The proposal complies with the Secretary of Interior Standard 9 and 10. The commission approves the certificate of appropriateness for this project, but any approval of final details to be delegated to the Historic Preservation Coordinator. I think you and Luis uh, can figure out what's got to happen there. Okay. I second the motion. All right, thank you, Dana. Um, discussion before we vote? 
I think I, I just want to be clear. I, I think it's the commission's, well, I'll, I'll speak for myself, but um, that we, we don't want to see the existing brick painted. No, um, I didn't either. I brought that up only in discussion based on what was presented to me. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to make this look better than that. Brick yeah. doesn't hold paint, especially the original Pentina. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think as far as the details being delegated to you, Elise, I, I don't know if we... I'll find samples and we can have a meeting. Yep. Okay. Can we have a roll call vote, please? Dana? Yes. Jeremy? Yes. Eric? Yes. Dan? Yes. Guy? Yes. All right. Your motion carries. Thank you. Yep, and I will be um, in touch with you. I'll draft up their certificate of appropriateness tomorrow and send it over via email to you and the homeowner. Um, and then I'll also email it out. And then, uh, as you said, we can get together and have a discussion about um, some of those foundational materials. Okay. So, Should yep. I reach out to John on the addition to the permit? Uh, I'm sorry, to John, the building inspector, for we've already got a permit issued for the interior. Should I ask him for an addendum to? I think that, uh, and I'll need to check, and I guess, I think that I just need to approve it, and then two different ones? Okay. Okay, I will speak with him, and then I can get in contact with you okay. as well. So. Great. And it wouldn't hurt if you want to reach out, but I can talk to him tomorrow, so. Very good. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank, Thank you, you all. Great. Thank you. All right, next up we have uh, 511 South Woodward. Welcome. Please just state your name for the record and, and tell us about your project. Uh, Tim Marlowe. Kim Niemeyer. Um, we're the homeowners of 511 Woodward and we're proposing to repair the porch. Um, we now I'm on. I can talk about this one a little bit. Uh, Tim invited me out to look at the porch, um, and there were just some things that I wanted to bring before the commission because um, some of the things kind of I felt went out of the scope of administrative approval, and then I just told Tim, while we're at it, we might as well just include the entire thing because you're, you're here now, so I thought we could just knock them all out at once. Um, so the, the first one, I guess, to me that um, made me think about bringing it to the commission is some of the column work. Um, in these pictures, the, the column on the right, which is the north column, has some rotting at the base. That's the picture in the bottom left there um, that Tim was talking about replacing it. And I believe that you had mentioned using a fiberglass um, Correct. replica of some capacity. That was another reason that I wanted to bring it to you all. Um, so that was the first one. I, I don't know how damaged um, or damaged at all the southern column was, but I don't think it's damaged at all. Okay. The big issue with the southern column is, and, and this was very interesting to me, and I, I've discussed this, um, I can't remember, with, with Sharon or something too. Um, it looks, it's very interesting that it's not over that stone pier underneath because there's a noticeable dip in the porch because it's not supported by the stone pier underneath. It's just a little bit to the south of it. Um, so moving the, the, the column over the pier, I think, is something that's um, an appropriate remedy and I think it should be, though, to be able to bear the weight more appropriately. Um, so those are the, the first two things. Um, the other two are kind of the, the ones that I spoke about, just being um, me having them throw them in there as well, is repairing um, the railings in the floor, which I think if, if it's going to be in-kind replacement, you know, it could have been 
admin approval, but I, I told them to bring it here anyways. And then um, adding a handrail. And when I was looking through the records, I think that there was a handrail at this property at one point, and it looks like it's been removed. Um, I don't think that these are um, as drastic as the first two, but again, I just wanted to include them. So um, the, the column work are, are really the things that made me think that it should come before the commission. Uh, the when you say the column the yes yeah there is there is um, there is obviously a I mean it's the hollow column yeah it's it's rotting on the outside excuse that is is that that's the only area of that column that we're viewing in that photo that has got the deterioration or is that it kind, kind of, of rot, pokey yes. all, all the way around if you yeah it's it's um, that's there may be. A couple of areas where it's soft, but that's the only place that you can like you could dig through it easily. Has anybody talked to you about a product called uh, Abitrons, the wood epochs? I've, that, that I've heard of that product. Um, that might work there without looking at it, uh, you know, without you know taking a closer right. look at I it. Mean, but you might be yeah. able to repair that column to to what it looks like without having to go to the trouble of replacing the whole. Right, and my concern with this. The southern column is once we move it. I'm hoping that it will. You know, it doesn't. I, I mean, I don't know. It, I don't think it would be getting damaged to be moved. But you know, uh, maybe the top, maybe the base, or, or the top. I don't know. But then, as far as the spindles go on the on the porch itself, all of those are sal salvageable. It's just the railing that's rotted, and and um, in the picture there, on the one that's got the rot, you can see where the where it's actually falling down. They have patched it in the past what looked like a piece of metal or something, and it's broken. So just want to replace that. Without doing, you know, I, I did not do a site visit on this one. Do you do you think those spindles are original, or when you looked at them, Luis, are those original? Because it, 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 if you needed a few other ones, I mean, there's more than a couple of turners around here that can replicate them without too much trouble. Yeah, this is a, a pretty old house. I think this is like 1862. Um, from the assessor's card. So take it with a grain of salt. Just looking at the form of the house as well though, it obviously reads very farmish, upright and wing-ish. Um, I'm, I'm not all the way sure, I guess. Um, I think that they're all salvageable though, the, the railings are, and I, I think that repair is the appropriate word here um, for them. They all, like you were saying, Tim, they all looked good. I think that the bottom railing as you can see on the bottom left picture there, it kind of takes a little dip there, like you were saying, and it's um, maybe not in the best shape. Um, but I think that there are people that could mill them if they needed to be replaced, yes. Um, I don't think that the the, um, the spindles need to be, but perhaps the rails do. And for the column, when I went out, I didn't have an awl or a knife with me to feel how soft the wood was, or I just used my nail to feel up. Um, I thought that I could feel a solid part a little bit above where the rot was, but as, as you were saying, Tim, I didn't feel all the way up and down the column to see if uh, there were more rotting sections. And if I recall, I think um, there might be some drainage issues at the corner there of that, yes. that porch. You said the plan was to replace with fiberglass. Is that correct? If if we if we need to replace it, I'm, I mean, if I can if I can patch it, I'll patch it. I'm okay. gonna, the less is more with me. 
Sure. But there are obviously areas that are gonna have to be repaired. I'm not gonna make a motion on this one, but I think as long as, uh, you know, we put in there, you know, they've obviously already been working with uh, the Historic Preservation Office. Um, I think they, without doing a site visit, it looks like everything can be repairable, but if not, as long as the columns are matching the style, um, I'm fine with the with the synthetic column. So, uh, but I'm not I'm not going to make a motion on this one. But that's that's my commentary. Okay, thank you. Other comments? Um, just looking at it, um, you know, on the surface, it does look like a, a thing where you could patch it, and I would much prefer to see a patched original column. Just thinking out like 20 or 30 years from now. Whoever has the house in the future, you know, they would be much happier to have that than okay. than a fiberglass one. And I, I guess I just think too, and I'm uh, not an architect or an engineer at all. I don't know what the process of moving the the, the southern column looks like at all. Um, removing it first of all to be moved. I am a firm believer that it needs to be over the column. I don't know. Um, it's odd to me that it's not over it, I suppose, uh, especially with the age of the house. And Jeremy, I don't know if you have any insight into that, um, but I also don't know if it's how much weight it's bearing or anything, but it's certainly dipping the, the, the floor um, under that section. And uh, one more tag on item to that is, John, you were speaking about the Abitron. Um, I just, uh, I don't know if you know about how well that it holds up to the water, that'll continue to, to hit that, or if that'll be, um, how long out do you think that that'll um, support it if it's repaired in that capacity? As far as the elders, right? So I have a question. Uh, so you're going to move the south column over the pier. Are you then going to widen the steps to run um, that whole distance? Well, that's a good question, Dana. Um, I had not thought about that. I mean, but, I but you could. I mean, you could. I just I assumed that the column was there or the steps were run to the column to to support the railing that used to be there on that side so if you move the column the uh, the only sign of a railing there is on the left side on the left side okay yeah it's not it's not ever been attached to the column it doesn't look like okay. there is a, a shadow mark on on the I'm getting confused with my directions, but in the left side of these photographs on that, that wall just outside of the door, there is, yeah, I don't know how old it is, but I could see it when I went there. Um, and again, from looking through the records, I believe there was a railing at some point in recent history. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm just saying visually, you would have the columns yeah. framing this way, and then you'd have this Oh, stair. aesthetically, it would look better to run this. Just yeah. run the stairs over. Yeah. I agree, but right. I, I feel like the column needs to be on that pier. Yes, I agree. Why would you have a pier and a column? Yeah. And them not together. 
Yeah, I mean, if you don't run the stairs, you'll have a newel post, I, I think which can all look fine, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know, I mean, it, I think that it definitely makes sense for the column to be over the pier. You know, if it was built correctly, you, you don't need to do that. Um, I mean, because interesting, I think the columns frame the big window. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if I was designing a house, I, I would do this. I mean, I would have a beam that's running between the piers to hold that column, but you know, so I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know if, if well, that maybe was how it was originally. That, you know, but, um, you could, you could do a site visit and take a look at it because that's clearly down several inches. So it's, sure. so the weight is bearing yeah. on that part of the floor. So if there was a, if there was a remedy other than, uh, you know, moving it necessarily, my concern is that, you know, in three or four years, yeah. Uh, it seems like in just the last couple of years, I've noticed it <laughs> moving. So um, yeah. I'm trying to prevent, you know, having. Yeah, there's no doubt from the picture that it's sagging and, and it, you know, I, it makes me wonder if there's more rot under the column. You yeah, know, I, have, however I, the joists have, are. Uh, I have looked under there and there is not um, any, any, any like, um, if there is no rot under there. Um, the, the, I call it the band board. I don't know what the technical phrase is, but the board that's directly under the column is, is showing where, mm -hmm. like where that weight is on it. And there's a, there's a little bit of buckle at the top of that. And I think there's some um, accompanying rot there as well. But I watch the porch, you know, <laughs> I mean, I look at the ceiling and stuff, so there's no crack, you know, it's not like it's moving quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think either solution is fine. I, I, I think it's whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think delegating the details to Luis, you know, will get the job done. But I think that Jeremy's point was interesting uh, regarding it framing the columns, framing the window on the the facade of the house. Yeah. Um, something that I hadn't considered, but it looks like that was a very purposeful. Um, the way that they're laid out looks like they frame it equally. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. I mean, just from the pictures, it kind of feels that way but yep you know who knows i mean it's yes the house is, what is it it's a hundred and fifty years old i mean they would laugh to think that we're sitting here <laughs> right. debating this 150 years later so um I, I would also say if you widen the uh stairs then suddenly your gate right. isn't lined up and your sidewalk's not lined up right. and no. you, you just have opened yourself up for a lot of uh corrections that's right. Thank you, Dan. All right, do we have a motion? 
I'll, I'll move to approve the replacement of the porch columns as specified. The plan substantially complies with the Secretary of Interior standards numbers one and six. The commission approves a certificate of appropriateness for this project, approval of any final details to be designated to the Historic Preservation Coordinator. All right, thank you, Dana. Is there a second? I don't know if I can comment on that motion. You, you can. Can I? Go ahead. Um, we're talking about specifically repairs here, not for replacement. Uh, you might want to word something like that in there because I don't see anything that's not repairable. Okay. I thought his. I thought the request was to replace if it was not repairable. That's what I'm Did saying. I, I don't that? see anything not repairable I would agree with John's assessment from well, from not having seen it in person it, it looks like something that's it's very repairable it does look repairable uh, it all looks repairable to me but without uh, you know you're right on without that but uh, at the same time I'm not I, I wanted to be clear in this commentary that I was not opposed to new columns as long as they matched and they were that was delegated to historic preservation coordinator to make sure that that wasn't something totally incongruous with what's going on over there. So do I, I ask you, Dan, do you want to withdraw? I'll withdraw the motion. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you want to make a new motion or? Uh, okay. So how about this second time around? I will move to approve the repair and, if necessary, the replacement of the porch columns as specified. Plan substantially complies with the Secretary of Interior Standards numbers one and six. The Commission approves a certificate of appropriateness for this project. Approval of any final details to be designated to the Historic Preservation Coordinator. I will second that. All right. Thank you, John. Um, any further discussion before we vote? I guess I just want to reiterate for the record, I, the commission's preference is to repair. Um, and we'll leave it to you, Louise, to thread the needle as to what needs to be done if, if that's not possible. So, yep. Thank you. Okay. Could we have a roll call vote, please? Dana? Yes. Jeremy? Yes. Eric? Yes. Dan? Yes. John? Yes. Okay. The motion carries. Thank you. And I, I, I just, sorry that there's a lot of motions on all these guys. I was uh, still getting used to it, first of all. But uh, I don't know then how um, you guys wanted to handle the discussion of the movement of the, them and, as well. And I think that um, the movement of the southern column, I don't know how that will be handed, handled. Uh, I guess the motion will be framed. And then I think... Um, I think that probably three and four could be grouped into one motion about repairing the, the floor and then adding a handrail. I think that those are, uh, it's your guys' discretion, obviously, but um, to not beat them to death, so. Um, 
Well, I would say, as far as I'm concerned, if I can, uh, if what John is saying is correct, and I can, and I can stabilize that and maybe uh, jack that floor up a little bit and, and get something under there, I'd be fine just leaving it the way it is because, you know, we just need a handrail and there's probably the spindles and the, and the railings the worst thing on the porch as far as an aesthetic. And so, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I want to do as little as I have to. This motion would probably need to be rethought a little bit. Um, it would be more in the lines of um, stabilizing the existing column. Um, I think it, you know, in a way, in a Yeah, I think I think it would, you know, as long as the lattice stays in place. If the lattice comes down someday, then it's certainly going to be visible. But yeah, I agree. If it's to be looking at uh, the aesthetics of it, then it won't. Um, A lattice or a, a skirt of some sort, and I think that uh, if you're looking at it as repair that won't have an exterior visual change, there's a gray area because if the skirt comes down, then it becomes a visible change if you put a footing up. But if it stays, then you know it's it's not. So um, those are my two cents regarding that. Okay. Okay, do we have a motion? And if we do, let's lump in the railing repair and uh, the addition of the new handrail into one motion, if we may. Okay, I'll take a stab at it. Um, how about I move to approve the moving of the south column, if necessary, and the repair to the railings and the floor in kind, the replacement of the steps in kind, and the addition of a handrail. The plan substantially complies with the Secretary of Interior standards number one through six. Commission approves a certificate of appropriateness for this project, approval of any final details to be delegated to the Historic Preservation Coordinator. Okay, thank you, Dana. Is there a second? I second that. All right, thank you. Any further discussion? Okay, can we have a roll call vote, please? Dana? Yes. Jeremy? Yes. Eric? Yes. Dan? John. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks. We're good. And again, I'll send you guys a certificate of appropriateness tomorrow. I'll get that drafted up, and then we can talk further about stabilization efforts. Uh, we can look at that, or um, we'll just move forward from there. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you, commissioners, for bearing with my lengthy uh, motions. I'm probably being a little bit too verbose at this point, but I appreciate it. No, no worries. I think in the past we have um, in the dark.
sort of approve the plan. You know, we've we've kind of lumped a bunch of stuff in. I and I I think on the um, uh, Haymarket building, I think that made a ton of sense. Like on, on this last one, I think we probably could have smushed it all together. So. Awesome, thank you. All right, next up is 902 South West Nedge. We are running late. So thank you for everybody's patience. All right, please state your name for the record. Uh, Jason Newton from the Science Center here in Kalamazoo. Great, thank you. If you could just give us a brief uh, rundown of, of what you're proposing. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're looking just to do a simple post and panel sign at 902 South Westnage. Um, the property is zone CN1. We're allotted one half square foot of signage for every uh, foot of street frontage. This is an odd uh, house or address because it's a corner lot. So I spoke with Jared Chambers. He finally got back to me this week. And we are allowed to use the longest of uh, the street frontage. So our current sign is we have it size-wise as well within our square foot allotment. We can easily maintain the two-foot setback from the property lines based on my GIS mapping and what I'm showing is not an issue. Um, the client and I are not opposed to construction of metal, wood, whatever you prefer to see in this situation for this house. My client's open to it, um, as am I. So. Just want to present it to you just as far as more of a size thing. Uh, the shape of the sign may change slightly. Um, the posts might change a little bit as far as the cap. We just wanted to show a basic cap um, that there's going to be some element. Um, but we're open to everything. We just wanted to bring it to the committee to get your thoughts and feelings on it and see if we need to change direction anyway. All right, thank you. So the preference would be... What's your preference, I guess? I know you said you're open, but... There's no preference. She, uh, the owner is open to whatever you see fit as far as uh, what would you think would be better at this address for the historical committee. Would you use Altera or Medex? Do you guys still use that stuff for the signage? I, like we, we can. Because uh, you can't tell them. Exactly. Exactly. Yep, that's old school. That's that's one we used to. I've been here at 20, been at Science Center 21 years, and that's a. a we used to throw that around. We used to throw that one around um, a while back. Things have changed a little bit. I I would say there's other alternative materials, um, but along the. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yep. It's we. So we could do something like that if that's what you would like to see here. No problem at all. Um, I'm not opposed to a fabricated aluminum cabinet, uh, aluminum post welded. I, Cedar sandblast, but whatever the commission would deem appropriate. Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously it's easily removable, you know, it, it and will be removed someday would be my guess. So yeah, and not attached to the home. We're not touching right. any of the uh, historical uh, properties of the home here. Is, Is there Quick Light. question for Luis, is there a setback? That sign has to be a certain distance from the sidewalk? No, the, the standards and guidelines for the signs are um, very clear and very brief. Um, 
it, it's just very expressly stated in the first line of the standards and guidelines that all proposed exterior signs in historic districts are subject to approval by the Historic District Commission. Um, per this, that's, that's why this review is happening. Um, all the other things are kind of, as far as I can tell, zoning related for the setbacks and things like that. Um, and the materials that are permitted, these aren't, the materials that are permitted are, are metal, wood, glass, and signs on painted masonry. Um, then it says not permitted are signs which are not expressly permitted by this policy or which violate permission, uh, the, the provisions thereof. But I'm not sure that which would supersede because I know that um, standards are administratively approved and then guidelines are the things that the, the commissioners are supposed to look at. But then I know that other things can be delegated um, beyond those standards or guidelines. So I think that there is room for composites. Um, looking yeah, at my that, interpretation that, of I'm those. I'm fine with the design or composite or what have you. I would just thought maybe if it was a little closer toward the sidewalk, it it's, might obscure well, based on the porch as much. But. Based on the city of Kalamazoo zoning for the C, CN1 um, zoning, it's two feet from the property line. And based on what I could see on GIS mapping and everything, um, we, th that won't be an issue. If I'm a little off on my drawing here, it, we can scoot it back. It's not a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Love it. I would say, and I don't, I don't think it's really our purview to say where it goes, right? We're really looking at what it looks like. It's going to be up to the zoning administrator to, to approve its location. Um, so, okay. Is there any public comment on uh, this case? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, Further discussion, motion? I, I make a motion that we approve the wooden aluminum painted sign as specified. The plan substantially complies with certificate appropriateness for this project. Approval of any fi fi <coughs> excuse me, final details to be delegated to the Historic Preservation Coordinator. All right, second. Uh, standards one through six, or num number one and number six. All right. I second that motion. Thank you, John. Thank you, Stucky. Any further discussion before we vote? All right, hearing none, could we have a roll call vote, please? Dana? Yes. Jeremy? Yes. Eric? Yes. Dan? Yes. John? Yes. Okay, the motion carries. Thank, Thank you. you. And I'll send you the certificate of appropriateness tomorrow, and I'll also mail one out, but I'll, I'll get you the email tomorrow. Yep, not a problem. Okay, uh, next up is 314 Monroe Street. If you would come up and state your name for the record and tell us about your project, please. My name is Laura Livingstone McNellis, and I reside at that house, 314 Monroe Street. I've been there with my family for 24 years, and uh, the entire 24 years, <laughs> I have been looking to make this specific change, and finally we're in a position where we could afford to do so, and so I'd really like to, to take this action if possible. So thank you for hearing me this evening. Um, so the biggest thing is that we're actually going more towards um, a design that is like the original one. If you're able to turn, I don't, I'm trying to find out which page it's on. I don't know on your packet exactly, but it's the one that has the historic pictures. There are three in a column. Um, the top picture shows cement steps, looks like three or four, with like a wrought iron handrail going up 
and you can see that the door was like a, it, I believe it was a storm door with another you know, interior door tucked right in the corner there. And then there was a window to one side and then the window that's all lit up. And then below that, um, I believe this was in the mid to late 80s that this um, change was made by Doug Squires, who was a son of the previous owner. Um, he turned the front porch into this three season or full, you know, full family room and he took out um, that railing, the black wrought iron railing, put in the three panels of glass, one of which is actually a door, and then he built out the porch to extend all the way to the corner of the building by the gas meter and replaced the cement steps with the brick steps. So all of that is still there. We have had to replace the handrail a few times over the years due to icicles crashing down and just smashing through it. Um, so. As you can see, though, when you look at the house um, and the pictures that um, Lewis took there, there's the picture, let's see. Okay, you can probably best see it in the second photo that's a southeast detail photo, the one that shows the um, gable windows at the very top. Um, you can see the way the light hits, the south light hits all three panels of glass. And that, <laughs> In a house with no air conditioning, um, in 1910, you know, as the year is built, it gets very, very hot. And so what I've been wanting to do forever is to put an awning of some kind, particularly on that part of the porch. Um, if I had the funds, truthfully, I would probably try to do something that's more expansive and cover the entire front porch, like in an L shape, uh, because it's like basically a five by 12 on each side. Um, but that's, extremely expensive and I just did not able to do that. So I was looking to try to get an awning over what is the front door. And then also to reduce the heat and also just um, general privacy, to increase the privacy. Um, we wanted to change it from being three huge panels of glass to two windows and a window in a door. So essentially it halves the amount of glass in this section of the wall. So in terms of heat and sunlight beating in in the summertime, it literally would cut it to 50%. Um, the door we'd like to move to the center panel versus crammed into the corner because as a, a user of the house, it's incredibly awkward the way it's placed now. I, you often bump your shoulder on the mailbox where it's placed and into the corner when you're trying to get in with groceries and it's just kind of a, it's, it's very awkward. Um, so we wanna move it to the center and then just have the two windows on either side. So that's like the, the um, space just being, the, spa the hole in the, the wall of the house is essentially exactly the same, it's just with different windows and a door, a new door. Um, and then lastly, the other element was the awning. Um, Again, getting back to the heat issue, trying to keep our house cool. We really don't want to put in central air or anything, not only the finances of it, but also just what it would mean to the house. Um, so an awning would allow us to break the sun a little bit more on that side of the house. And then I think I mentioned also in the application, I have a daughter with um, skin cancer and so trying to have some sort of break in the light and provide some options at different times of the day for her to sit outside but not in direct light would be really wonderful. So um, that's the overview. And I guess I'd just like to find out what everyone thinks 
about these plans and see if there are any questions I might answer. Which, there, there's a lot of different awnings in the package. Which awning are you thinking about? Yeah, doing? I do have a preference. I try to give a variety to sort of present some options that I think could work in that particular space. But the one that I think is the best is the one that's, um, it's in the Titan series. So there's a, um, a series of pictures that goes three across horizontally. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that one. Um, so the first one, the, um, the one with the darker, like filtered light panels, it would be the top one that looks like it has a yellowish um, background there. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah, you, you had your cursor just to the left of that, with the one without the blue sky, the one that has like, yes, the first one on the left. With, um, so it's the one with the yellow siding, which is actually the color of our house as well. Yeah. So that's the one I think would be the easiest to fit to the house, because if you look at the pictures of our house, the, what used to be the front porch, that roof is very small, there's, there's almost no distance between the edge of that roof line and the gutter to the top of the door because there's almost no space to attach anything. And looking at that particular awning, it looks like it needs very little, um, I don't know what the terminology is, but the, the bracket between the, 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 the roof, uh, I don't know, <laughs> the awning itself and the bracket to the wall doesn't have to be very big. I was trying to, that was the biggest trick, was trying to find awnings that would be stable, that would do the job, and also not require a lot of height. Because in the third one with the bricks, you can see it, it's suspended way above, and that just doesn't work with our house. Um, I did have a bunch of people come out at different times looking over the last several years, trying to think about how this could work. And um, <laughs> most of them said it's really a tricky roofline, and yeah, that would be quite the rebuild if we were going to do the whole thing. So, uh, okay, second best option, just do part of it. So that first one is the one I'm most interested in. It would be almost identical to that image. It would have the door on the left underneath the awning, and on the right would be one of the two windows that we'd be putting in that's taking the place of a whole glass panel. <laughs> that's that's what yeah that's what I found in I was doing a lot of research and measurements that could work physically in the space it's just it's really odd because the front door we're having to have it custom made so instead of like $380 it's a thousand dollars for this front door just because it's about an inch or almost maybe even slightly less than an inch difference in height but it's an historical building. <laughs> you don't have much option to, to change that. So, um, we, and that's, that is the problem. We don't have much of the space above the door to hook anything onto. Oh yeah, those, yes, um, those are canvas and they're on the side of the house. Um, and those, Frankly, I, I chose canvas for those and the aluminum um, frames because I figured that eventually our pine trees, which my son and I planted when they were you know, three feet tall, would serve the purpose of blocking the windows. And they're at that point now. They're almost, one of them is taller than the house itself. 
And so I figured, well, when the canvas starts shredding due to sun rot or whatever, we would take those down and just allow the trees to, to block that light or filter it rather. Um, so I don't see those staying on for too many more years. <laughs> They've been up there, I think, since 2007, so 15 years. Um, I had a question for you, Louis. Yes. Um, uh, Louise, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I don't think we've approved uh, awnings in my whole time on the commission, and we've had two of them come up tonight, yeah. so it's super interesting. <laughs> uh, but like, what what is a, a standard for adding um, awnings where they weren't historically there? And just maybe, could you talk a little bit about um, how this is a non-contributing property to the district because I think that that has a pretty big relevance here and I, I was sitting here searching for I'm like man I really remember this um, but I then I finally saw it on here that you did come in last year for a, a consultation um, yeah because I thought I was going crazy no no but if you could talk just to the Commission a little bit about what that means because I, I feel like that has a pretty big impact on what we're doing today so yeah, um, so I'll, I think I'm going to start with the non-contributing um, aspect of it. I went back through and found, first I have in my office the binder that has the draft of the West Main Hill Historic District, which was written in 2007, um, and in there it was deemed non-contributing, um, and then I found the actual uh, draft that went through ordinance, and I, I found in both cases it wasn't contributing. Um, this one was in the non-contributing aspect is just that it doesn't have the, the qualities of integrity that other historic homes had that not to reuse the word in the explanation but that contribute to the historic district as a whole so this doesn't retain and from what I could read they're using kind of the national uh, register guidelines this doesn't retain like the the design or feeling or integrity in air quotes or um, the things that that would have been original to it in 1910 um so thus it was not listed as one of the buildings that contribute again sorry to go in circles to the overall district um this was made in 2007 um it's the youngest of all the historic districts um i don't know how many other houses on this street were non-contributing um but when i was reading through it's they the person that wrote it in effect said that because there were so many alterations to the house over time um it's hard to read what the original form of the house was, and thus they can't deem it a contributing structure. Um, so sorry, that was kind of a roundabout way to explain it, but that's kind of the, the um, shorter explanation. Um, awnings in the historic district guidelines, it seems to me are very oriented towards commercial buildings. Um, a lot of the language uh, speaks to street level awnings. Um, valence flaps and then um, also things like storefront openings which to me pretty much reads on main streets how they would fit above transoms or how they would be used for people um, at like store windows is, is the way that I kind of read how the standards were written I don't know if there's things written in black and white necessarily concerning um, home awnings so that's what the guidelines say but I don't think that it's necessarily all the way applicable here um, and again, guidelines are the ones that are open for more interpretation, I think, by, by the commission. Did that answer kind of what you were looking for? Yep, thank you. Yeah, the non-contributing uh, portion, I think that 
solidifies it in my mind more. Yeah. Further discussion? I'm assuming there's no public comment as we are the last ones in, yes, the, <laughs> in, in the chamber. So um, thoughts, is there a motion? What, what's on our commissioner's minds? Maybe one question I had is that I don't see anything, maybe I missed it on the material of the door and windows. Oh yeah, um, the door, excuse me, I keep forgetting about my glasses. Um, the windows, um, are not ones that will open and they are essentially almost two by a little over three feet so it'd be rectangular and essentially they would for broad strokes it would, they would essentially mirror or you know reflect this same kind of space and they would be on either side then um, like this and then this is just a standard door um, materials I think I did send them in in the um, application that I did online. I don't know what I said. Yeah, I, uh, so Jeremy, so I the, the materials or the, the scope of work is re remove the nine foot sliding door, it says in this application, but I'm not sure if it is a sliding door. This is what the it, contractor sent over. Yeah. And then um, install a 36 inch raised panel, half light, blinds and glass, storm door, or an entry door rather than with a storm door, and then two Pella fixed vinyl windows. So the, the windows are gonna be vinyl. And um, the, the door I believe is a fiberglass, smooth fiberglass door. I think that it's, um, actually no, I took it out. There was, there was two receipts that I didn't feel all the way comfortable putting in because they had prices of the materials on there that I didn't want to include, but they were smooth fiberglass finished doors Okay. for the door. And the existing, the existing doors and windows and side, it's, it looks like it's vinyl siding. Yes. And the, are there vinyl windows in the home now? Yes. That, that few, contributed, few I think, places. greatly to the reason that it's a non-contributing house. Sure. Again, because of, this was written the the local historic district was written so recently yeah um, it's the youngest one okay great I just also want to say that I think it's um, important, and I'm glad that you brought it up, that you did come before us last year, too, for consultation, um, which I think at least helps us get a refresher. And have, having seen the project twice, I haven't seen it twice, but having most of them seen it twice, I, I hope that that uh, gives some further insight to the project as well. All right, is there any motions that the commissioners would like to take? Okay, I'm on a roll. I move now. Do you want to do this as two because there are different parts of the house? I I don't think so. I, I okay. think we can approve we can the plan as as it's submitted. 
Um, I'm going to uh, move to approve the replacement of the front door with two windows and similar door as specified, as well as the installation of an awning on the south side as specified. These plans substantially comply with the Secretary of Interior Standards numbers one through six. The commission approves a certificate of appropriateness for these projects, approval of any final details to be delegated to the Historic Preservation Coordinator. All right, thank you, Dana. Is there a second? I second that. Thank you, Dan. Any discussion before we vote? All right, hearing none, can we have a roll call vote, please? Dana? Yes. Jeremy? Yes. Eric? Yes. Dan? Yes. John? Yes. All right, you're all set. The motion carries. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much. And I'll send you the certificate of appropriateness uh, via email tomorrow, and then I'll also mail you one. We can discuss anything further that you, we, uh, you need to with the project. So yep, we'll be in touch. Yep, not a problem. Thank you all. I, I, and I just want to say, as a person who's gone to college here and grew up looking at, well, grew up as a teenager, college. And being a, a resident of Kalamazoo, I just so appreciate the historic nature of our city and the commission and, and making sure things adhere to those standards. So thank you. Thank you. All right, moving on to uh, approval of the minutes from last meeting. Is there any amendments to the minutes that we need to note? All right, hearing none, is there any uh, motion to approve the minutes? I move to approve the minutes. Right. Thank you, Dan. Is there a second? I'll second. Thank you, Dana. Um, all those in favor, let's say aye. 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 Any, any opposed? All right, hearing none, the minutes are approved. Um, Luis, anything to report on the administrative approvals? Uh, just that there has not been a lot. Um, <laughs> as you can see, we're way down. I think that the, the uh, last month's meeting there was a lot because there was uh, we had missed a couple months you know um, and then I'll just use this time to say uh, additionally uh, there were quite a few new purchases in the historic districts uh, considering it's only been one one month month there was 20 purchases um, and I think about only four of those were owner occupied so um, just something to keep on the radar I don't you know it's just interesting I always um, enjoy looking at them but I'm just a fanatic about old houses so that's probably why but um uh, so you know approvals have been down uh but purchases I think have been up we, we, yep every new owner I mean I, I think when it gets to a point where it's not owner occupied the owner regardless of who that owner is receives a, a letter um, saying like welcome to the historic district and then a packet about some of the basics for being in a historic district um, but that goes to the owner not the responsible party necessarily are, okay. are you saying it was for originally owner occupied that sold or now after this churn there's only four of the 20 new purchases in historic districts between like I want to say um, March 15th whenever our last one was and then uh, April 8th or something there was 20 purchases of homes in the historic districts and only four of them that I saw were owner occupied um, two of those though were just the change in hands or a change in trust or something so two of them were owner occupied I believe but it wasn't it didn't move anywhere it was just like taking someone's name off of it or putting someone's name onto the 
I don't know, the deed or what have you. So. Okay. All right. Um, other business uh, to amend the 2022 meeting schedule to change the location to the commission chambers. Is that, do we need a motion to do that? Yeah. So since we uh, didn't get in here the first time and I had uh, kind of neglected to follow up on this all the way, I was just speaking with the clerk's office and it just needs to be moved by the commission that this will happen. Um, and then I need to um, notify that you guys made that the election to do so. so. Okay, great. So is there a motion from the commission to amend the meeting schedule to change the location of meetings to the commission chamber for the rest of 2022? So moved. Thank you, Dana. Is there a second? Thank you. Second. Thank you, Eric. Um, I guess we'll need a roll call vote, please. Dana? Yes. Jeremy? Yes. Eric? Yes. Dan? Yes. John? Yes. Okay, that sounds great. Um, anything else? I feel like we've covered it. I, I will say this is the longest meeting that I have presided over. I prided myself in quick meetings, but uh, here we are, two hours. So is there uh, a motion to adjourn? I motion to adjourn. <laughs> Thank you, Dana. Is there a second? I second that. Thank you, Dana. Those in favor, let's say aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right, hearing none, we are adjourned at uh, 6.56. Thank you very much.